Hey everyone, welcome to Pink Shade with Aaron Martin. I've got Brandon Alvarado here with me. New Jersey super fan like me. He is Skyping from his home in New Jersey. He knows everything. He has been a huge fan of the Jersey Girls since the very beginning. So we're here to talk about it. Plus, he has agreed to talk 90 Day Fiance with me. Hey, Brandon. Hi, thank you for having me to talk about all the couples, these women. I'm, uh, I'm, I couldn't be more excited. I know. I'm very excited we get to talk 90 Day, actually, because you and I have never really, I don't think we've ever recorded a 90 Day episode together. I don't think we have. And, and big thing to reveal, and we'll talk more about it when we get into that 90 Day, but big thing to reveal about 90 Day, I only started with season six. It was my first season. And everyone, and I know a lot of people that's who said right. that's the worst season. I, and I know a lot of people said that's kind of the worst because they think it's the fakest. But I do feel that this season of 90 Day is, in my opinion, tell me if I'm wrong, back to, I think, some more of what the original 90 Day seasons were like. It very much feels like that. Yes. It, as a 90 Day OG myself, I mean, uh-huh. I've been watching it since the beginning, not to say that that's better or worse than anyone who's come later, but I get that feeling from this season's cast. Like, we are seeing some more what people will call boring couples, but what yeah. I would call <laughs> what I would call original cast of 90 Day used to be like, there'd be, be some boring people on there, too. You know, everyone I wasn't agree. filled with drama. It wasn't all Larissa's and Colty's. I gotta say, it's it's a bit jarring for me to start to go into the season because I really am now used to like the Ashley and Jay, the Colt and Larissa. Like I'm used to the crazy because <laughs> season six, it was a a crazy cast. I, I kind of didn't realize until watching this current season. I'm like, wow, last season's cast was insane, and that was my first season. Right, like everyone so has I'm restraining. Everyone was in jail. They had restraining yeah. orders. They were. It was a hot. And Jonathan and Fernanda. Oh my God! I last know. season's couples. What a weird mix last year. Jesus. They were disasters. They were all disasters, basically. And they seemed hor- horrific to work with. Like anyone who was on TLC doing their like with their and like kind of controlling their social. Remember their social medias were out of control. <laughs> out of control. Like Fernanda and Larissa out of control. Are you kidding? All the bloggers, the podcasters, the writer, everybody walked away from that season like soldiers walking away from the trenches. I mean, we were just dragging our carcasses back home for our leave of absence. We were like, we are so done with this. I mean, because people were getting attacked. The cast was attacking each other. They were attacking people who were writing about them. Yes. Anyway, it, you know what? It was a dark time. Season six Thank was a dark time. Thank you for your service during that time, by the way. Thank I really, you. Because I would listen to your podcast during that time as well, and it really did seem like a, an, a nightmare. I also listened to like 90 Day Cray Cray. It seemed like a nightmare for them. Like It seemed like a nightmare for anybody who was podcasting or blogging about 90 Day Fiance that totally, time. Totally. It was like everyone's like, should we uh, make our Instagrams private? Like, what's happening? Are these people going to attack us in real life? And you know what? Just like we just like, you know, it will happen. And and during a housewife season or whatever, fans get really out of control. You know, all the LVP fans in Beverly Hills or whatever, they go crazy. They attack you on Twitter, but then they just kind of go away. You know, and you just have to kind of weather the storm of the season. And we've seen it happen with Housewives again and again. I mean, I remember the Siggy Flicker years. And how how fucking scary that got. You know, that got really scary. Update on that, by the way. Apparently, Siggy and Dolores have unfollowed each other from Instagram. (gasps) What? I think Siggy, I heard that Siggy, as if this is a shock, might be upset that Dolores and Margaret are friends. So apparently they had a falling out. And to that, I say, thank God. I love Dolores, but I, I that friendship to me is like it needed to be. I don't like anybody who's associated with Siggy, apparently. I agree with you. I'm actually happy to hear that they've unfollowed each other. If it's Dolores's wish to do so, because she 
should not be associated with anything Siggy Flicker related. The downward spiral of Siggy Flicker was kind of fascinating to watch, but very scary on social media. And I I wish I could say that she, like, bounced back from that in any way. And she has only gotten worse. And politics (laughs) aside, she's only gotten worse. I'm sorry. Like, she's really, it's like, she's, I I had to unfollow her from social media because she genuinely makes me concerned. I live maybe 30, 25 minutes away from her and she scares me. It's, I, I, uh uh-uh. Like, I just, with Siggy, I'm still surprised by how quickly I came from loving her to completely despising her. I agree. She was great when she first came on. So do you ever see, since you do live near a lot of the Jersey Housewives, any of these women out in the wild? Do you ever see them at a coffee shop or maybe at a strip mall near Posh? So last year, funny enough, I actually did see Danielle at a Starbucks the day after they shot the finale last year. So it was the day after your husband's in the pool happened. I saw her at Starbucks. Oh, God. Did you run? Did you hide? What'd you do? I I find, I think Danielle's a flight risk. And so I was sitting at the Starbucks, scared out of my mind, like completely just like, <gasps> like I was, I, I, I was completely terrified. And, uh, you know, I was, I was completely terrified. I never want to see her in the wild again. But the fact that I did see her after the pool situation and didn't, and at that point didn't know what happened. I feel lucky. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And I, so I, I'm trying to think of who I've met. I've met Teresa. I've been to her house. I've met Caroline at her house. Wait, um, pause. Pause for clarification. Brandon Alvarado, you've been inside of Teresa's home. I've been inside of Costa's I have. It was funny. So my one of my family members was actually <laughs> um, representing Bravo in a legal, legal case years ago. Do you remember the Punta Cana trap? Uh, I think so. It was Melissa and Kathy's first season. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So season three, they went to Punta Cana and they got into they got into like some sort of fight with some random people that were staying at the hotel that they were shooting at, and there was a lawsuit that came from it. And I had a family member that were that worked on that case representing Bravo and the respective families that were involved, including Teresa Judice, including the Manzos, um, and I think even Chris Lorita. So I had to, I went to Teresa's house with that family member to like, to get some paperwork done. And I ended up meeting Teresa and I met, I think I met Joe's parent, Judice's parents. Okay. And Joe Judice. Oh my God. Pre-ice, pre-crimes. Well, probably right in the midst of his crimes, but before he got caught for them. In the midst of the crimes, there were definitely some legal, I think at that point we didn't know the legal issues, but we did know about the bankruptcy. Remember that time? Yes, totally. Yes. It was the bankruptcy time. It was the bankruptcy times. And that's when she was fighting with Rosie and Kathy and being like, you don't talk about my money. You don't talk about my bankruptcy issues. Yes. I remember. That was when she was fully hating Melissa because it was Melissa's first year and they were totally feuding. It was that time. It was a weird time. And I met Caroline and they were both, I got to say, they were both very nice. Teresa's home is as shocking, take that as you will, as, as, as you would think. Like her house truly is like a mausoleum and it's very much the way, like in person, it's just completely like, it's an interesting home. It's a, it's truly a crazy house. Okay, tell me this, though. I'm dying to know because I picture when you touch things in her home that they're actually almost like the Disney version of the real thing. It looks like gold, but it's probably styrofoam spray painted gold or yes. or, or, 
Is that what's going on? Like, did you go around and touch anything? Did you check things out? Did you try to, like, break a piece of countertop off to see if it was actually plywood? I sat in a chair. It was comfortable enough. I was very cautious not to be, like, doing too much because I didn't want to be rude. And also, I did have a feeling that if I, like, <laughs> if I, like, if I, like, stepped in the wrong spot, I would just completely fall into the basement. Right. <laughs> like, right collapse. through the floorboard. I mean, listen, does everything in her home look like it's made of paper mache? Absolutely. It looks like a paper, it's like everything in there. It's a paper mache house. And the other <laughs> thing with the house has always been shocking. And I think Teresa's pretty much kept it like this. Do you remember when they first moved in? It was completely bare. They had like three pieces of furniture. Yes. Living room. It's still like when I was there, it was still basically like that. And I'm sure it's kind of like that now. Like their house is very, it both has a lot going on, but also feels oddly bare, which is why they shoot in the a lot the kitchen has like the most things the kitchen has the most it's lived in right and it has actual furniture in it yeah there's food there's okay let's talk nano no no the grandpa who is basically an indentured servant in that kitchen i love him so much i feel so bad when i saw the news this week that he's back in the hospital did you see that Oh, it's awful and i know Teresa said he's not doing well oh my god my heart breaks for all of those girls for all the daughters all the daughters but for real he is he's a lovely person but he is working like a dog like this he needs to sit down in a chair and rest and watch some bad tv i feel bad that he is working this hard all the time in that kitchen me too and i think i was really moved when he was talking about moved but also like he was saying to gia that he would be the father role in her life because it's so tough because that should be a nice thing to hear but because of the context what we know we know about what's going on with joe judice it's just so sad. And I think Nono's taking on a lot. And I it seems like, honestly, too much that he's taking on. I don't know how old Nono is, but if he's in the hospital with pneumonia, knowing he's not doing well. I mean, we know he's not a super young grandfather. He's an older guy. And he I seems know. like a great grandfather, great father. And he just has a lot on him. And I think that he's, I think that he's holding on hard right now for the sake of this family. And it, it makes me very sad that, that he doesn't get that moment to relax. I think we saw in that, like, that, flashback where it's like danielle was saying to Teresa, you don't get to lay on the couch and watch a movie i'm like well neither does no no neither does no no exactly he is in there cooking chicken parm at seven o'clock in the morning he is full on cooking full like seven course meals he sits down with his glass of wine for lunch i love him i could not love him more i love that he is also giving joe shit from home like he when joe calls from ice and he's bitching which of course he is i get it i guess but he's like, oh, tell him to come over here. He can have some food. Ah, 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 ah. Like, he's totally razzing him. And I'm just like, I love you, Nono. And he's also the one who's calling out Joe for being an idiot and not getting his citizenship his entire life. Yeah, yeah. And it's tough because, um, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad that Nono's calling that out. Um, I completely agree that this was on Joe Judice to get this done his entire adult life. Um, and I was even talking to my own parents because my parents are both um, not from this country. My mom's from England and my dad is from Colombia. My dad came here as a kid. My mom came here as a teenager. But mm-hmm. she was not – she was a permanent resident until her 20s, until she became a citizen. Um, and I – because it took her that long to become a citizen, even though her 20s, that's still young and not like Joe Judice is in his 40s. But I think I definitely I, – I, I will say – this is not in defense of Joe, but I'm just thinking – life i'm like i guess it's hard for me to hindsight's 2020 of course i would say get your you should have gotten your citizenship but i guess when you get married so young and you have your kids and you're not always and you got your work it's 
I don't know, I guess it just it clearly wasn't a priority to get that done because he was already living here for so many years and already was legally here for so many years. Right. I also wonder, yeah. and I mean, I don't know because I'm not a lawyer. I only play one on a podcast, but <laughs> I wonder if he didn't become a citizen because then he could get around some tax loopholes with his shady businesses. I would not be shocked. I would not be shocked. Yeah. And I, like, let's say, I'm sure there was a business in some asshole told him to do mm-hmm. and that Joe was more than willing to do because I mean, he's an th- asshole. Right. You know and, Joe Judas is an asshole. Exactly. And remember when he was riding around with his brother's license and stuff? I mean, he has been a shady motherfucker. Yeah. He's not just someone who c- forgot to get a citizenship. He is. It seems like he's the kind of person who wanted to be half off the map. You know? I agree. I, I think the only thing that I would ever say that, and this again, not in defense of him because I'm not a Joe Judas fan, <laughs> Um, I guess the one thing that I'm like, you know what? I have to remember this is that I guess because he got married to Teresa, I assume in their 20s, they got married young, right? They did. They got married really young and they knew each other since they were kids. Yeah. So I guess like, I guess at that point, I guess maybe even if besides all the business stuff where I'm sure he knew that there could be loopholes if he uh, didn't become a permanent citizen. Um, But I guess, yeah, if you got married that young and you're already technically legally here, I'm sure he's also like, he's also a bonehead. So I'm sure he was like, why would I get my citizenship if I'm already a permanent resident? So I sometimes give Joe and Teresa more credit than they deserve for being masterminds or criminal, even like smart criminals. They're not smart criminals. They're dumb criminals. And they're all, they don't even understand probably still what they were charged with. It doesn't seem like they do. I agree. And I know Teresa said, um, openly that that it was some accountant that effed up their things and that they got in trouble for they were saying basically they were saying that this is the, their accountant's fault or like their business manager's fault <laughs> business manager their business manager is like do not throw me under the bus you idiots like you i know get... they're like don't do this oh my god all right so let's actually shift to melissa because melissa and Teresa have this constant storyline every season like you yep. have to be loyal to the family you have to be loyal. You can't, you know, don't you have to defend me against Jackie or whoever it is. It doesn't even matter if it's Jackie, the new girl, season two now, or anyone else. Teresa is constantly just spouting this diatribe about the family. But she herself wants to be above the law. Now, Melissa is interestingly not quite teaming up with Jackie, but... You know she's Team Jackie, right? I mean, we 100%. all we all know this, but it's she's acting. That, she's acting yeah. like oh, she's just going to play it neutral. Yep, and she, it's obvious that Melissa and Margaret and Jackie are a certain team, and then there's the Teresa, Jennifer, Dolores side. Right. So, whose team are you rooting for? One hundred percent, Margaret, Melissa, and Jackie, <laughs> who are the three that I consistently like on the show. I actually like Dolores as well for the most part, but I do think that. Dolores is way more concerned with the idea of loyalty than actually who's right in a fight. I think that was her downfall with the whole like Siggy versus Margaret debacle, which is that Margaret was 100% right, but Dolores refused to see that because she was being just loyal towards Siggy. She does the same thing with Teresa. When Teresa's wrong, she and, and Dolores probably knows Teresa's wrong, she doesn't do anything about it. So she's just like ride or die, which I have to respect someone who's just loyal to the very end. But at the same time, I think Dolores is smart, and I don't love that she doesn't sometimes acknowledge the other side 
I agree. It's like Dolores is lovable in a way because she is so fiercely loyal and she does say great things like welcome back scumbag. I mean, you have <laughs> to love her for that shit. And just how she openly hates Danielle, it oh, amuses me. It brings me so much joy, you know, but the way she defends Teresa, when you can see in her eyes, she knows Teresa is being an idiot, you know, and especially yep. now that Teresa is defending of all people, Danielle Staub who is indefensible on every level. Ugh. Dolores hates her. Margaret now hates her. Everybody fucking hates Danielle. Jennifer hates her too. Everyone hates her. What is Teresa doing? Is she, is she like kind of doing it just to stir the pot? I, I don't see her as someone who does that because she's so not self-aware and she doesn't understand things very deeply. I just don't think she gets it. Like this is not the ship you want to go down with, Danielle. I think she doesn't get it. I also do believe that Teresa has at least some sort of awareness, very little awareness that she's the only tie to Danielle and the only reason why Danielle would be on this show. True. So I think that part of her probably feels like, not that she has to bring her in, but there's some sort of incentive to it. Like, I don't know, because I, I agree. Teresa's not self-aware at all, so I don't think she's actively thinking about stirring the pot. I just think that she somehow, in this case, realizes that she's the only link to Danielle. Um but I do think, especially, I kind of thought that Teresa would see it more, not when Margaret was saying anything, because I think Teresa's always been team Danielle over Margaret. But I did think that she would see it more when Jennifer started to turn on Danielle, just because I think Jennifer is, as we all know, very much like a younger version of Teresa. And yes. I just thought that <gasps> Teresa would see it. I, I And I wish I could, by the way, I wish I could take credit for that. Someone else said that Jennifer is a younger Teresa. It might be someone on the show. I think it might have been Margaret who said that. You, I, my mind has just been blown. I didn't hear anyone on this show say that. When you just said that right now, all the, all of my uh, whatever in my brain, my housewives things lit up. Yeah. Isn't she a younger Teresa? 100%. Yes. Oh, my God. Her husband is so going to prison. Oh. She is so being cheated on. Behind yes. the scenes. I mean, her kids are a nightmare, but her kids are probably going to end up way smarter than she is, way more mature, just like Teresa and Joe's kids. She is the younger version of Teresa. She <gasps> really is a younger Teresa, and she really admires Teresa, which is bizarre. But I also think with Jen, oh my God, by the way, do you hear that Jen? Okay, so we're recording this Sunday, November 24th. I'm saying this as a timestamp because yesterday, Saturday the 23rd, um, Jen got a tummy tuck by her husband i'm like wait a second like is isn't isn't this like not ethical for her husband to keep performing surgeries on her why oh my god that seems really f when did they film her recovering from this liposuction she got in her back when did jersey film it had to be okay, in the so spring they said, they said they're aries i'm an aries my birthday's march 27th i yay. did look up melissa's birthday because yay i was looking at melissa's birthday because i was curious to know like when they were shooting i want to say okay let's i'm looking up just really quickly, it's March 21st, so it's around March slash April. Okay. All right. So it was in the spring, and she's already getting another like another major surgery. Tummy tuck. I've had a, I've had a couple friends who have gotten those, and those are major surgeries to recover major. from. Yeah. And I don't mean I don't mean to shit on Doctor Bill Aiden, but I don't. And maybe I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. I I I did not think it was ethical that you could perform surgery on a spouse like that. Maybe it is, but I assumed it was not. I did not think so either. Did we see this with the Maloofs though? Back no, I think Adrian said that she would that she did not want to get any procedures from right. from from Paul because she didn't because she was afraid of him like effing up and then suddenly she would be like <laughs> that would yeah because that's that's really what it is, is that they if, is that if Doctor Bill Aiden like effed up Jennifer's surgery like her, she would have to live with that like that's bad. 
Oh my God, you're right. I remember when Adrian said that now, uh, you know, shout out to how Adrian looks now, like foreshadowing oh. all these years later. She looks like total cat lady. She needs know, to really like she stop. Kinda, like, she should wish that Paul did her face. Jesus. For like, real. I mean, she oh, should, awful. she should pray that he would have done her, that he would continue to do it now. Cause she, whoever's doing it. Oh my God, that poor woman. She is looking so crazy. But anyway, yeah, I, I thought it was a breach too, but I don't really think they care. They are, they're Joe and they're Teresa. They're about it. They're Joe and Teresa. They don't care. They don't care about ethics. I don't even know if this guy has a license. Who knows? He's probably oh. in there with like a Hoover and a scalpel, like sucking fat out of people's back. I can't even imagine. Like grown up I, Eddie Munster operating I mean, on me yep. would not be acceptable. Yep. I have to say this and I feel bad saying it. Dr. Bill, as much as I want to, you know, like him, he creeps me out. He very much creeps me out and I cannot picture getting any procedure by him even the littlest, like the smallest procedure could possibly have that's like not even invasive. Like I can't imagine. I'm sorry. And I feel bad saying that. He gives me such a creepy vibe. I don't know why. He just like, like I just, do you please tell me you agree? I totally agree. And I have to ask you, since you're in the area, do you Um, know of his reputation? Is he a person who's out there since the show has started airing? Have you heard like a friend of a friend, a mom, a grandmother, someone who's gone to him? Honestly, I live maybe, I actually, the closest housewife I live by is Jennifer. I don't know anybody who's been to Dr. Aiden. And I I don't, I don't know how his reputation is. I'm sure it's fine, but I've never heard of any, I've never heard of Jennifer Bill Aiden or Dr. Bill Aiden until Housewives. Oh my God. Okay. That's interesting because they're really pushing his business this season, like hardcore. Jennifer's like, I'm a walking billboard. And do you remember like Lisa Hochstein would do that on Miami? Like yeah. that was bad. Like, and that, oh, and that was, oh God, remember Lisa where she was like, like, I'm like, I'm his best creation. Like, oh, my husband's plastic surgery. I'm his best creation. I'm like, ew, like Jennifer's doing stuff like that. I'm like, Ugh, I don't like it. it They're totally doing that. I know. What do you think of Jennifer's beef with Jackie? Is it, does it all stem from Jackie writing that article last year about the kids? hundred percent. This is very Jennifer being Teresa like, where she doesn't let things go. But I do have to say, I like Jackie. I do like Jackie. I really liked her last year. I don't know what's happening this year. I feel like she's barely on the show. They're icing her out. They're icing her out. They're totally icing her out. Like she's barely on it. I've not, I have not seen one family scene with her and her cute husband and her kids. Haven't seen anything. But with Jen, I got to say with Jen, I kind of, I think I kind of almost agree with Jen. Like I, and I hate to say it because I very much like Jackie and I don't want to say that she's being overdramatic. I, I think, cause I get where she's coming from. Jackie saying like, listen, you're making fun of me in front of a group of people that don't like me. I get it. It's, it's, it is rude. But at the same time, I also think I kind of agree with Jen in some way where, she, where Jen's like, I'm joking. It's fine. Like, it, like I, Jennifer is only like, Jennifer's teasing Jackie, but she's just saying what Jackie said on the reunion. Like, I, I didn't think it was as big of a deal as as maybe Jackie's making it. And I hate to side with Jen in any way because I, I don't know. I just, what do you think? Okay, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Let's do our Dr. Phil. I hear what you're saying. And my feedback would be that I don't necessarily side with Jen on anything. However, I think Jackie is making a huge mistake how she is handling being hurt. What she mm-hmm. should do, she's pulling an Eileen Davidson asking for Lisa Vanderpump for 14 apologies in a row, you know, and how mm-hmm. people started being annoyed with Eileen. They were like, get over it. Like, get over it. Even though yes. it, it originally would be LVP who is in the wrong, people will become annoyed with Eileen. And that's what necessary. That's kind of what was her downfall to me oh my God, as a housewives so right. historian. Now, 
then you see someone like Kelly Dodd see a video of themselves or whatever, and they're like, you're a fucking asshole. Like, they just... She gets into it with the person and she acts like an idiot. However, she doesn't sit around and ask for an apology over and over again and shrink from people at parties and kind of like act like a hurt puppy. I think acting like a hurt puppy as a housewife, not as a person, because we're, you know, we as normal people act much differently than this in real life. But as a housewife, you can't do that or people will actually start being annoyed with you. And that's what Jackie's doing wrong. I agree. I so agree with that. And I, cause I like, again, I like Jackie. She's definitely Eileen Davidson in this where I would say to Jackie, like pick your battles because I think that this issue encapsulates a bigger issue. And I think Jackie's just very upset that Jennifer is just going to kind of blindly side with Teresa for anything. And will always try to impress Teresa. And I agree with Jackie. It's annoying. It's very annoying behavior to see this person who she likes just be so blindly loyal to Teresa and would actually throw Jackie under the bus in order to be friends with Teresa. That's very, that's very, that's very much a gen thing to do. Yeah. But I, and so, but I do think with Jackie, I part, every time I see it, I'm just like, please just let it go. I'm like, just let it go. And I exactly. think, Jack, I think Jackie thought it would go another way. Cause I got to say, Jen is getting such a sympathetic edit. Like we're getting a lot of scenes with her and Gabby and I get that it's for context. Like, you know, it's like, Je- Oh, Jennifer is seeing that what she's doing could be, she could be wrong. But we, I still, we have seen, literally nothing of jackie the only scenes we've gotten of jackie this year and i know there's only three episodes but still we've gotten enough dolores at home scenes we've gotten no jackie at home scenes there's no context for jackie so all we're getting of her is her getting into a scene with margaret at the store and just like complaining about jen it's annoying i know i know it is you know what it's because she sided with the wrong people she thought the coming after Teresa would be a good move and Ideally, it is when you come to when you when she came at her and was like, what do you you can control your husband? He's in prison. Like, are you kidding me? When she said that Teresa's never going to let it go ever since that happened. And she basically drew her battle lines against the person who runs the show. Teresa is a darling of Andy. You know what I mean? So it's like lover hater even melissa knows this she can she can hate Teresa to her dying day she will never bring her another sprinkle cookie she knows the rules she knows that she has to get along with her to stay on the show but kind of have little beefs with her here and there but she can't actually go against her jackie made that big move right away which took a lot of balls and everyone kind of loved her for it but it's not good for her long term on the show and I didn't realize that until this season because I remember thinking last year, like, oh, Je- Jackie's playing, the- Jackie's going to play the long game, and Jen's not going to stay that long. I'm wrong. The editors, the, the producers look, the producers are completely hedging their bets on Jennifer staying for the long game and Jackie being cut out. Like, I, I believe if someone's getting fired tomorrow, it's Jackie, not Jen. totally. Well, I mean, I was just talking to Elisa Rosen about this from Reality of Reality, who I know you love and work love. with, and we were saying how Jackie is just kind of one of those. You know the Sesame Street, like, one of these things is doing its own thing. One of these yeah. things is not the fucking same. Yep. She does not belong. Like, she is too smart. She is too educated. She's a writer. She's a lawyer. She is way too deep. Do you know what I mean? Like, she she was a fan of the show, which is also kind of strange, you know? And then she gets there, and she thinks things are unfair and not going right. It's like, yeah, you're with crazy people. These are yes. this is a, this, this is a crazy show with really shallow crazy people. And I know so, we've been, and I think with the franchise in general, I know that we've been in the phase already of like fans who are joining the show. Yeah. I think Jackie, I think Jackie's getting the brunt of it, really, just because she took a picture with Teresa, and so it, it does look weird 
that she's turning against Teresa, who's a person that she literally went to a a signing for years prior. But but I think it's obvious that Jen was a fan of the show, and like it's I, I think it's and we look at like. OC, Bronwyn admits that she's been a fandom, has watched all 13 years prior to her season of the show. Like, it, I assume that, I do assume that most of the housewives joining are fans, because why, at this point, why else would you do the show if you didn't, if you didn't like it enough? And do you uh, notice that Vicky's reaction to Bronwyn is exactly Teresa's reaction to Jackie? They're like, oh, yes. we, we're not, we've been here, we're not dealing with you. The only, I agree, and the only person that can actually turn against Teresa and has any chance of possibly taking over her reign of her, her, the queen role on the show is Marge. Margaret, the Marge. I'm open to it. I want Margaret to take over the show. I, I so, love Margaret. Is I love her so much. I love her. I love when she has the forehead, the under eye, the chin, the nose, the temple mask. She has, she has an anti-wrinkle patch on every single inch of her skin, and I have never related to a housewife more. Than in that I moment, completely agree. I I, I love watching Marge and Joe. I love watching Marge and Joe do anything. I love watching them. I I love watching them in bed. I've never. I could get a whole hour of Marge and Joe just talking in bed. <laughs> Him with the robe on, uh, her with the fake lashes, but also five hundred million masks <laughs> on her face. I could watch her and her assistant Lexi do co- like have drink coffee in the morning. Like I can watch Marge do anything, and I didn't know if I would feel that way at this point three years into her time on the show, but. I think she's awesome. I think she's I, I, amazing. It's great. Like, and I and I'm glad she's very much. We said this before, and I, we stay. I I hope we both stand by this. She's the Dorinda of Jersey. I've always, yep, yeah, exactly. I feel the exact same. She is the best casting choice since Dorinda was on New York. They just yep. bring this new lightning rod energy to the cast, and they don't necessarily take over. But then it's, you know, it's a good housewife when even when they're semi new, you. It almost instantly can't picture the cast without them. And that's yes. what Margaret has done. Whereas Jackie and Jennifer, I could picture the cast without them. I mean, I think we'd be losing something because we are building them. You know, they, they're pretty good casting too, but not like a Margaret. You can't even imagine her leaving. I agree. And it's and I think with Jackie and Jen, what works about them is that it's, it's really nice, actually, that we have two cast members that are on both si- on uh, either side of yeah. uh, the two teams. I think that works very well. That was very smart of them to do. I think Jackie and Jen are good examples of later added cast members that work for what the show is now, but we can picture the show without them. I cannot. I actually can't really picture what season one of Jersey would look like with Jackie in it. Like, I can't. But with Marge, it does. Like, Marge is just an immediately, it feels lived in. It feels like it would work. And funny enough, like with Dorinda, it always felt that way because um, she's been in the crowd for so many years. So it works. But with Shannon, who I think has a similar role in OC, she knew nobody on the show. She came in because she was like, oh, I'm Heather Dubrow is visiting my house so she can build her own house. Like she was like, they just like made no like qualms of the fact that Shannon was friends with no one. Marge was the exact same way. Margaret knew absolutely nobody on this cast. That's true. Yeah, you're right. Joining. Like, the person that actually should feel like she's, like, lived in and that she should feel, like, integral is Dolores. I know. And Dolores, though, because she has this blind loyalty and she doesn't really have a fucking storyline ever. No. She just doesn't have that same kind of magic. And she also just doesn't have the personality for it. She seems lovely, but she doesn't have the personality like Marge does. Period. I agree. And I I think people have felt a sense of relief with Marge that... 
that she is actually someone who has no connection to the cast. It actually feels nice because Jersey for a long time did feel very suffocated with the whole like everyone has to know Teresa and everyone has to be a family member of Teresa or Jason or Dolores who's essentially family because she's known her since they were kids. With Marge, it really was like she knows nobody. Like this is great. And I think Jackie and Jen brought a similar light energy in that same vein margaret was just a, a firecracker jennifer and jackie were just like oh look it's always nice to have new women who don't know and i think i'm glad that jersey's going that direction in casting as it's no longer like hey are you friends with Teresa or your family with her you're a cast member like now it's like we're truly just finding women that could be friends may not know each other but with the mix of like Teresa and Melissa, who are just at this point, both staples to the cast. Right. Exactly. You know, it's interesting thinking about the power dynamic too. how you're saying, you know, the only person who could really go toe to toe with Teresa is Margaret. It's true because Melissa can't even No. Nope. when you when they were at the party at Melissa's hideous 40th birthday party where oh. Joe. I mean, come on, pictures of yourself. It was very um, it was very Ramona-esque, so Ramona being there made a lot of sense. We'll talk about that in just a moment, because I know your yes, screenshots yes. that you want to address. Uh, <laughs> fucking Ramona. I mean, seriously. But when, when, when Teresa was like, okay, well, I think I have a problem with Margaret. I got to talk to her about Danielle. Teresa approaches Margaret to make sure that they're okay. And I was like, what am I watching right now? Teresa never approaches anyone to make sure no. that they're okay. Ever. I agree. That was, I like a, never, that was like a first time. It was a soft Teresa. It was honestly shocking. Because guess what? Teresa knows that Margaret could very easily take her spot. Like, Teresa's threatened yes! by absolutely nobody. And the only other... And I gotta say, the one person she is actually like that with, too, and we see it, and she, instead of being like, are we okay? She just does this. She's, like, the complete opposite and just goes fully, like, animalistic, is with Caroline Manzo. She's totally threatened by Manzo. You're right. You're right. And Margaret has that Manzo energy. Yep. And if Manzo came back on the same cast as Margaret and Teresa, Teresa is done. Oh, my God. They would so bond. Don't you think Margaret and Caroline Manzo would be besties? Or, like, have, like frenemies. Like, maybe. I think they'd be, yep. I think mm. they would be close. I actually think, and I know that she is Teresa's friend, and I, I'm talking about Dina. I love Dina. I actually think Dina and Margaret would also get along very well. I think Dina and, and Margaret would get, be very good friends. I agree with that. And then Teresa would be looped back in, having to be, you know, the pe- kind of having at least to pretend to be peaceful with everyone because she's close to Dina. Yep. Yep. Oh, I miss Dina. Oh, oh I, I know do she's too. in California, but I miss her. I do too. Okay. This is the last thing we'll talk about with Jersey and then we're going to move on to 90 day, but uh, we uh, going back to Ramona. Ramona was featured as Melissa's friend <laughs> on the Chiron. Ramona was so pissed. Ramona was pissed. First of all, I have to say about the party. Only the Jersey cast can make a New York City party in whatever space they were in look very much like they were in the middle of God knows where in New Jersey in some weird event space. Like, I didn't understand. Like, that, like, space, I've never, like, the New York Housewives host parties at these really trendy spots, these bars. Somehow in Jersey, we're still, we're in the city. We could be in a very nice space. And we have this, like, weird, like, showroom that we're in. Like, this weird event space with a Melissa Gorga-themed party, which I didn't know, realized, would, would just be, like, men with headdresses on like gold headdresses like that was like the, what the melissa gorga theme was i didn't understand the whole thing my brain couldn't compute where we were i kept thinking that we were in the middle of suburban new jersey at some weird event space that they kept showing the skitty city like view i was so confused it looked like the fake letterman view in back of his desk like they just superimposed a city because i agree that event space okay 
I had to go car shopping this weekend and I went to the dreaded CarMax. Uh, as soon as I walked in there before I got in the many cars and sat in them and they all had horrific smells that uh, I just can't, I, I'm telling you, it was, it was one of the worst experiences of my life. And I thought CarMax was going to be this fantastic experience. Anyway, if you have a CarMax oh, near you and you've had a good experience, good for you. Mine was not so good. It smelled like dirty diapers were laying in the sun in every single car. No, so, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so gross. But anyway, I walk into the CarMax, and the first thing I fucking thought, seriously, was, this looks like Melissa's venue. Her venue <laughs> looked like a CarMax. Do you remember Do you remember the season one Jersey reunion where Andy Cohen introduces them and says, we are in an undisclosed location in the middle of Jersey, and I think it, like, next to the train tracks. Like, he couldn't say where they were, but it was some random space. That's that also reminded me of Melissa's birthday yes. party space. Like we were in an undisclosed location next to the train tracks in the middle of New Jersey, and and it was like this like weird like blue room. It was horrible, and that reminds me of Melissa's birthday party. Oh my god! But this is why Jersey is so great too, because it's so bizarrely Jersey, which is which I love. I love everything about it. You know, I love too. And I gotta say, I do love that there was a crossover between Jersey and New York. I think it was very much necessary because I think that with Jersey and New York. I think, like, for example, Beverly Hills and OC are close enough, but very different kind of energies. And New York does have a different energy than Jersey. Like, the cast is different. But there are a few cast members that would seamlessly work well in Jersey. Dorinda's one of them. I guess Ramona's one of them. I didn't even realize. Okay, Ramona, no, that... let's be real. Ramona's not one of them. She was so weird <laughs> at that party. I mean, she's I a say, total she whack job as it is. But it, it was like her whack jobbiness was on display, on display, on display. They did her absolutely no favors when she's, like, making those, like, crazy Ramona faces. The screenshots I'm talking about are just, like, some psychotic Ramona faces where she just, like, she's, like, oh, like, she's making some weird face to the camera and they just cut off. Like, they're showing every worst side of Ramona they possibly can. And Ramona, I got to say, amongst the Jersey ladies, has never looked crazier. Like, Margaret walks in in a pink, frilly, God knows what, whatever the fuck she's wearing. As much as I love Margaret, she was wearing something that was out of this world, and somehow she looked more normal than Ramona. Well, Ramona was extra herky-jerky. She was like... She was doing the weird, like, her fast-paced and then slow-it-down robot moves, you know, that she has. And they were like, oh, my God, you know, you look great for 63. And she's like, stop telling my age. And then she's screaming out her age later. Oh my God, Ramona and she's like is a gift. Joe Gorga to talk about how hot she is. Like she was like getting very close to Joe Gorga, being like, "Don't I mean I look pretty good? I mean I look pretty good for 60, right?" Like she was like so. I mean she was ready to fuck Joe Gorga in two seconds, and oh, I think she's also ready to fuck Melissa. I think she's sexually attracted to Melissa. I think Ramona is sexually attracted to her reflection in a macrame bathing suit. I mean she is just ready <laughs> at all times. I I only wished that Sonya would have been with her. That would have been. Yes basically my dream if Sonia and Ramona were together at a Jersey party because Sonia brings out the worst in Ramona and also Sonia just adds love and light and craziness and drunken antics to every single party you know but she's never she never causes harm which I love no Sonia with a sexy J would be perfect at the Melissa party and I also I'm gonna I'm gonna drop Dorinda in there too I think it's weird that we have not seen Dorinda amongst the Jersey cast yet because I think she said that she's friends with a few of them and I can totally see her doing a scene with Marge and I keep calling her Marge with Margaret and and Melissa I can totally see her like amongst those women I think people have always said that Dorinda's like could totally be a Jersey wife and I agree like she's yeah. like, she's like one who would most seamlessly fit into the Jersey world 
Um, and I wish that she was at that party too. I think it would have been really fun to watch. I think the only other person that could see being on Jersey, as much, and I hated that people were saying this on New York last year, but I'll say it now, is Barbara. Barbara would have been perfect for Jersey. She would have, but you know what? I'm so glad that they didn't put her on another cast. She needs. Uh, she needed to be put out of her misery. You know, I hate to say it. I know, but for real, it's like I felt bad for her, but I also was like, just make it stop. Just make it stop. Like, I don't, we don't need to see this anymore. We don't need to see this suffering on her part, on the cast part, on the viewers' parts. Just let her have peace. Can I can I say I completely agree? And can I say one thing about New York before we talk about 90 Day? Yeah. Just one little casting thing, which is what did we think of Leah McSweeney? I immediately was just like, bracing myself she's bethany's replacement i know to be bethany's replacement is a very tough job to have and we finally saw her walk out on BravoCon. we know nothing about her but i don't know what to say i don't know what to think i don't know what to say except that she is vocal on a podcast right and as a writer i mean doesn't she have like these kind of venues already so she reminds me a little bit of like a jackie in a way you know someone who's out there with a voice already and kind of wants to grow that audience maybe but I do know from seeing Luann just briefly after her Countess and Friends show here in Madison, I just a moment to be like, so what's the season like? You know, when you're taking the picture and everything, you can just like say a few words. I said, so how's the season without Bethany? Is it weird? Is it different? Is it cool? And she goes, oh, the new girl is bringing so much drama. You'll see. So that's what she said now. And I talked to Elisa about this and we were like, you know, for Luann, that could mean that she just doesn't worship Luann enough. Like who knows what Luann's view is on that. But Luann at least is seeing this new person as not a Barbara, like as someone who's just doing nothing. She, I think Leah is doing something, obviously. And we've seen some social media videos where like Leah has like verbally like gotten to fights with like, I think both Lou and Tinsley, who I'm pretty sure she comes in as Tinsley's friend. So I'm very curious to know how that works out. I'm excited. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic for this upcoming New York season. I know they've been trying to cast younger, so that's why they brought Leah in. I, I We'll see. I'm cautiously optimistic. We'll see. I'm interested to know what's going on with Tinsley when that comes back, too. I am, too. What do you think of the Salt Lake City announcement? Um, You know, I think it's very Bravo of them to, you know, we ask, as viewers, we ask them to cast, you know, Chicago or, you know, more diverse women, maybe cast another cast of, of of black women maybe asian women maybe more latin women like miami and instead we get presumably more white mormon women on salt lake City. right right <laughs> but you know what i gotta give them credit where credit's due um i did not expect potomac and potomac is is one of my favorites and so i i think that when bravo finally does pick a city in this case salt lake city it's because they know what they're doing. It's because they have a good cast. Like, I assume that they have not done Chicago yet because they've just not been able to find a good cast. And I'm, I assume there are many other cities that they've tried, like Nashville, San Francisco, things that we would kind of think of immediately, and they just haven't found the right cast. So I believe that to even do Salt Lake City, it means that they have a good cast. And I am hearing that it could actually be more diverse than I thought. I think they, the rumors are that there could be a couple of women of color on there. I'm very happy about that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, good. I I think it's the same same as you. I think they like to surprise us. I think it's probably better to go to a city where people aren't expecting it because then you're not always going to have these preconceived ideas 
based on your knowledge or even the stereotypes of that city. You know what I mean? So if it were cast in Chicago, and that might happen one day, who knows? We would all be like, oh, my God, why didn't they pick someone from this side of the river? Why did they do that? Like, you know, like we would a lot of people would know the neighborhoods and know the kind of lay of the land. And I think they really want to make it their own kind of like, let's meet the cast and meet where they live like Potomac and explain to you the social hierarchies here and give you a peek that orange County thing, a peek behind the gates of somewhere you've never experienced. And so that's, I think why they are trying to go to these places that are for a lot of people unknowns, not everyone. A lot of people know Salt Lake city, but a lot of us don't, you know, you know I, do, I know nothing about the society there. So I'm actually very much looking forward. And I love, they like to school us on that. I love that. I love seeing a new crop of women that are not famous, like Potomac. No, we don't. We didn't know who any of them were. That was great. Like, I'm looking forward to this. I, I, I know I'm cautiously optimistic, but I do think that I do truly believe that when Bravo does touch down on a place and officially stamps it as a housewife, it means there's potential. And even if people didn't love Potomac season one, the cast is is dynamite, and the show is, and it really is, in my opinion, one of the best housewives we have at this point. So I think if they're picking Salt Lake City, then I got to trust that they probably have a very good cast. We just have to put our trust in Bravo. We just have to. We do. We also have to put our trust in TLC and Sharp Entertainment because they are bringing us season seven of 90 Day Fiance, a show that has birthed, let's say spawned four million different versions that have just kind of grown into a whole 90 day universe. Like it's almost like Marvel universe now. Like you have to know all of the different iterations of the show. You have to understand how it works. You people who've been watching this show forever. And even those like you who've come on recently, you know more about immigration and policies and things that are going on than probably you ever cared to know. I mean, this is the learning channel. So we do learn, but also we kind of get to know how this show works. The show brings us couples who fit certain tropes, right? There's always like the old sleazy guy and the young hottie who he could never get, you know, who money is a huge part of it. Does he have the money? Does he not? There's someone who is lying about who they are. They get someone here. They end up not wanting to spend any money. The person comes to America. They're like, what the hell did I sign up for? Then we get the people who meet on vacation. They're totally in love. They decide to get married. Real life stars. They're living in a fucking shed. You know, so it's this is like classic 90 day. I think season seven is giving us what what we used to really just expect, like these categories of people. But nobody there's not like just a slew of crazies. They're all crazy in their own way, though. Like, okay, let's. I want to ask you a couple questions about the couples, some highlights about, you know, each couple and see what you think just from what you've viewed so far. So Anna and Marcel, are you completely annoyed or enchanted? I am annoyed. I want to like them. I I thought episode one that they'd be the normal couple because they always do like the one normal couple that like we actually are kind of switched. And I think I think I'm trying to think of the couples. I do think that Anna and Marcel are I think our TLC's like this year's like quote normal couple for the most part, like, Oh, they actually are in love. But, um, I don't know. I think the reveal that he didn't tell his family about her kids was tough. I think that with Marcel, there's, I, I, there's a language barrier between them. That's obvious. As we know, they have to talk through the, um, through like Google voice, but 
I do think that there's something, there's a weird disconnect between the two of them. I, I'm not quite sure what it is. I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know what's going on with her and her side and her family. I'm like looking at my notes now because I know that they were doing the whole thing. It, this week was a, finally the beekeeper episode. Like yeah. I think we were all waiting for a few weeks to finally get to like see Anna at work. And of course, my favorite reveal is that she's a terrible beekeeper. Love oh my that. god, I know she gets beekeeper shamed. She gets hive shamed. Marcel goes to check out Anna's hives, and he is left <laughs> with a bad impression. She's a terrible beekeeper, and I love how she admits she's like, I don't like to do the. Like, she was like at one point, just like I don't like to do the work. I don't like to get the honey. I don't want to do it. I'm like. Anna, come on. Like, why are you a beekeeper? Yeah. Yeah. Why are you a beekeeper? Well, it's so I, weird. The fact that they met on a beekeeper Facebook group or something like that also, like, and then it led to them actually going through all the paperwork for them doing this 90-day thing, and they still can't even communicate more than two words. How did they get all that done? I I, I don't even know. I don't know. I... I, I I'm still. I'm also thinking about last week still with the dance that made me laugh so hard. The, the dance in the car, which was like, I think that captures the relationship perfectly. They're just in two completely separate planets. But Anna's trying desperately to convince us that it's fine, like everything's fine. But I do actually like how she admitted this week. Like I thought that Anna would. I, Anna, I thought that Marcel would seamlessly fit into my life, and I'm realizing that that's exactly that's not the case at all. He doesn't like America. He doesn't understand the language. He's not connecting with the kids. He's not connecting with her friends. Like, it, I like how that's the storyline that we're going with is simply the fact that he does not in any way fit in the life that she thought he would fit into immediately. Yeah, and P.S., she's saying all this shit right in front of him to her friends at the bridal oh, shower yeah. because he doesn't understand a lick. I'm like, oh, my God, this camera crew is amazing because they're filming her talking about Marcel with, Mar uh, with Marcel just sipping on his iced tea directly like three feet behind her and he's like hm, hm, hm. and she looks back she goes right and he goes I I hi how are you hi I, like he has no idea what's happening she is full, fully talking about their relationship in front of him in all scenes it is horrifying I gotta ask you too do the Anna and Marcel like is it just me or do they come off as like teenagers um they come off as a little touched in the head as mary Payne yeah. and i like to talk about like i picture this is my um made-up history of marcel because i make up histories of each of these people <laughs> in my brain to make sense of them marcel uh -huh. is the unmarried middle-aged guy in his village who everyone knows is a little off he keeps bees his family has kept bees for a long time. He's never found a girl in the village to marry him because he's a little, little touched in the head. So he finds this woman in America and goes, and the whole village wishes him well. But nobody asks many questions, and he doesn't tell them anything either. Now, when he gets over here, he can't, he can't really communicate to Anna the fact that he is like the village idiot. So he's uh -huh. acting like he has a lot of power in this. Like, oh, I can't tell people. You know, they'd be ashamed. I think they're probably like, oh, thank God Marcel found a woman. Like, yeah. I really think it's probably not the story that we're thinking it is. I agree. I agree with that. I think I, I totally agree. I I think that there's, I think that's perfectly worded that he's a little, that there's something very, he's a little touch in the head. There's something, there's definitely an energy about both of them and their relationship. Yeah. I, I can't quite grasp it. She's I, really desperate and immature. 
yes. And he seems like a nice guy. Like, he seems nice, but, you know, I think that there's, there's, is there any chemistry between them? No. I don't see it. I'm not catching it. Oh, my God. Think... Would she kissed him in the field after the the hot hive checking out, the hot hive cleaning or whatever? She's like, Marcel, did you like watching me work? And he's like, hi, how are you? And she takes him and kisses him. And he's like, huh? Oh, okay. Kiss. Like, it's like she took someone hostage. It doesn't that's even. What it, that's what it comes off to me is I, I completely agree. Like, I, there's no chemistry between them and it has nothing to do with the language barrier. It's just like they have no physical chemistry. I can't, like, because I think Anna, if I if we asked Anna, she would probably be like, well, hey, it's, a, it's a language barrier. I know I'm doing like Emily Simpson OC voice, but like Anna sort of talks like that. Like, oh, yeah. Um, so there's a language barrier. But like, we know, you and I both know, Mary Payne knows, the viewer knows, everyone knows. She knows there is no, that's not the language barrier. There's no chemistry between them. There's nothing. I know. Now, someone who, there, there is chemistry between this next couple, but I hate the female half of this couple so much. I actually want to break my hand punching my TV screen. Tanya and Sinjin. Oh, I'm sorry. I just gagged in my mouth. Like, I'm not even joking. I, I wish I, I, I hate her. And, I hate her. I hate her. She clearly thought she was going to be the star of the season. Yeah. I did just read the New York Times article from, I guess, over the summer. Right. I got to say, I heard the article. I heard about the article because because of Ninety Day Cray Cray podcast, and then I and I never read it. So I read the article where that detailed the whole like Tanya and Sinjin filming. I guess that was a couple they focused on for the article. It was. With, I was so angry reading the article, and then was like even angrier watching the show. I hate her. Uh, she's the worst. The only notes I take on her every week are that. Tanya is the worst. I hate Tanya. I just keep typing this over and over again like a psycho because I cannot stand her. This week we saw her welcoming Sinjin to her shed. Welcome to my shed. She yeah, has prepared she not has crazy. prepared nothing. She is not sorry about it. She's nope. always standing in her I'm a strong woman power, but she doesn't actually back that up with any actions because she's just like a whiny little child. She's a brat. She's a total brat. Sinjin is a go with the flow kind of guy, but even he is annoyed when he gets to the shed and sees that it looks like basically what Paul and Karini live in on the regular an episode yeah. of Hoarders, a total episode of Hoarders. Oh my God. The Paul, Paul and Karini's like a Brazilian apartment. Like I, to this day, gives me chills. I hate seeing Karini's place. Do you know um, that was just I robbed? They just, somebody just robbed that place. And Paul posted on Instagram, a burglar bro broke into our apartment in Manaus and he stole everything, even Karini's stuffed animal collection. And I was like, oh, okay, first of all, LOL. Second of all, I can't believe anyone broke into your disgusting apartment and touched anything in there. It's so gross. Like, honestly, if I, I, I did not even realize that there were any burglars in there, but I'm sure all they could find was fucking, like, dirty dishes and cat poop on the floor. Like, what else are they finding in that apartment? I'm no, sorry. No, seriously. I, they're like, here's a stuffed, stuffed unicorn. Yeah, a stuffed animal collection. There's a penis sheath, probably, that they got a hold of. You know, the oh. things that are important. The Kevlar vest. Okay, but anyway, Tanya and Sinjin... <laughs> Horrific, horrific living situation. She's a huffy, though, because she feels like, you know what? I brought him over here. I did the paperwork. Like, okay, so it's not ready. So he has to, like, get power tools out and, you know, rebuild the whole place, basically. He should. He should help. By the way, who doesn't want to do that after their long flight from South Africa is to, like, make sure to, to even make their place livable? I mean, are she fucking serious? She's such an asshole. It, is she... It, and she's making no. him feel bad for like want for because he doesn't want to have to completely like 
fix the entire place. I mean, I get it. If things are not totally ready, that's one thing. Tanya did no work. Like, it looks like she just threw shit in there and was just like, we'll deal with it later. Like, she really is such a pill. I can't. Like, she's so... I, I can't, I, I, I'm annoyed that she's annoyed. Like, she should not be annoyed with him. He's actually being very calm, cool, and collected about a very shitty situation. He is. I mean, he's probably the only person on Earth who could put up with her ass for any period of time. There are rumors out there that they are possibly not together now, but I don't know that that's true. I try to stay away from, like, actual spoilers. I've just been seeing some weird headlines, and, you know, you can't always believe what you see. But she is fucking horrible. She's horrible. She forces him to do manual labor immediately and is totally obnoxious about it. And she wants She's to take totally yeah, she wants to take the tools from him and be like, "Look, I can do it too. I know how to do things." And it's like, "Shut up." She I'm not going to say she deserves to be murdered in that shed, but I'm just saying if she, <laughs> if she were murdered in that shed, no one would be surprised because Sinjin is a saint for even putting up with her for 24 hours, let alone 90 I... days. I agree, and I'm annoyed at the fact that she thought she so clearly thought she was gonna be the star of the show. I'm I'm annoyed at that. Like I think she thinks that her and Sinjin are the Jonathan and Fernanda of last season, and yeah. I'm annoyed at that. Like I just take that as you will. I'm not saying that Jonathan and Fernanda were the stars, but I do think that Tanya and Sinjin, like I think she likens herself to like a Fernanda. I'm just for some reason irritated. I'm irritated about the whole thing. I, I don't know if I make any sense. I'm just irritated. I agree. I totally am irritated too. And in the previews, did you did you get this? I don't know if you watched this far, but. They say that Sinjin is, oh, he's actually the one saying it or somebody else. Anyway, she's leaving for 30 days to go to Costa Rica in the middle of their 90 days. In the middle of his 90 days, she's leaving on a 30-day trip to Costa Rica and leaving him to fend for himself in the shed. A Tanya move. A Tanya move to do that. I mean, honestly, I, 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 I will say I don't know any spoilers for this season, so I have no idea what's happening. I'm going to assume that they are not together. And if they are together, then I believe that they'll be breaking up quite soon. Hashtag freedom for Sinjin. Free Sinjin. Freedom for Sinjin. I'm worried for what's going to be like a tell-all between those two. Oh, my God. So do you think there needs to be also hashtag freedom for Juliana? Or do you think Michael, 41 from Connecticut, and Juliana, uh, little just a touch past toddler age from Brazil... Are they a true love match? I, you know, I gotta say, very strange. I'm shocked by how I feel about I know. this. I'm very shocked. So I originally thought that Anna and Marcel were gonna be like what they would, what we consider the normal couple, like the couple that's in love and doesn't have that many issues. I was wrong. Apparently, it might be Michael and Juliana. Isn't that I weird? Think, I know. I think they genuinely like each other. And I gotta say, I don't hate <laughs> Michael. I do hate Michael. When he says weird shit like, oh, you're the poor Brazilian girl and I'm the rich American and you got to eat something. And then he did something again this week that was like very problematic, like what he was saying about the relationship. I'm trying to see if I wrote it down. Oh, Brazilian women are always jealous. I wrote, I wrote, because that's what he said, Michael, Brazilian women are always jealous. And then I wrote next to it, this guy's an asshole, question mark. He always has to drop like a dick comment, but I don't hate him. I actually think they're kind of a nice couple and I love Juliana. He's kind of like the inappropriate dad comment person where he says stuff every once in a while. You're like, no, you're not allowed to say that anymore. Like it's 2019. And, you know, I say that knowing that I say a lot of shit that I should say, too. But he he really does say some problematic things. However, I agree with you and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I don't think it comes from a place of like complete creepiness. I think he's just kind of like dorky. I think I think he's dorky. I think that. I, I think they have chemistry. I think they actually genuinely like each other. I'm shocked I'm saying that. Again, I love her. I kind of thought that she might be an asshole. 
she's not. I think she's absolutely lovely. She's lovely with the kids. She's very nice towards Sarah. I think, and it's tough because I think with with Juliana, I mean, it's, it is a strange dynamic. I mean, honestly, she is like she is only she's my age, and compared to him and the ex-wife, like she looks like one of his kids. Oh my god. And I think, her with those little buns in her hair, I'm like, you're doing yeah. yourself no favors. Now you look 11 instead of 13. She does look like a teenager. She looks very young. And I think that she's kind of put in this weird position where she almost does have to act like one of his kids because, and I think Sarah, the ex-wife, who I actually kind of like as well, I think she kind of rightfully so said, listen, we're the parents, you're not. And I understand that she doesn't know Juliana and Juliana's also very young. But I also think it's definitely this strange position where it's like Sarah, not Sarah, Juliana seems like one of the kids. She, and she's going to be treated like one of the kids. This is my problem overall with Michael and Juliana. I do think that there is a connection there. I think it's built on money first. And second, secondly, maybe they fell in love. Maybe they love each other because he is, you know, is just like so attracted to her and thinks he's landed this amazing young model. And she is really looking for someone to take care of her. Who can blame her? Who can blame her? You know what I mean? She is completely... Uh, she's scored when it comes to 90 day because 90 day people usually they come and you know they're living in a shed or they're living above a firehouse or they've been promised things that they're never going to get like Annie and Robert who are also on this season Annie Uh has completely been duped but so I mean I kind of get their arrangement and then how feelings could grow out of that however he is always going to have power over her and she is going to be treated like one of the children. And that is a, that's problematic for a long-term relationship. It just is. And Sarah is completely well within her rights to lay down those boundaries. But Sarah is also going to be acting like her elder, her mom. You know what I mean? And I think that we all know that Michael seems to want a trophy wife. I don't think, I I think if I asked Michael what you have in what he has in common with Juliana, I think he could maybe come up with two things that they have in common. I don't think they have a lot. I, I can't imagine those two have deep talks. Let's be honest. No, what do they so, talk about? I mean, Juliana is probably really enjoying playing Minecraft Fortnite and, you know, doing her hair with the kids. And that's that's a wrap. That's all they're going to do. And then Michael and her, they're going to have the sexual connection. They're going to go out and, like, laugh and have drinks and have dinner. But, what? Are, yeah, what are they even talking about? I mean, I and I think, I don't know, and I think his kids made a great point with being like, you know, she's closer to our age than she is to her father's age. I mean, she really is like a, I mean, really, she comes off like the babysitter. And so I think, and so it's like, it's, I guess, like for the kids, like, oh, it's nice that someone's nice to them and they have a nice babysitter. But like, it's, it is strange to remember there's a, there's a romantic and sexual element to this and that, oh. and I know and it's hard to picture. I don't like to picture, especially because I, yeah, like I. They definitely, they have some chemistry going on there, but I I don't, is it going to be a relationship that lasts a long time? I can't imagine. It's so creepy. It really is creepy. I mean, yeah, there is a connection, but it creeps me out. It creeps me out seeing them together. I just, just does. The kids are so eloquent and they are the MVPs yet again this week. They are wonderful. Right. I was like worried they'd be assholes. They're not. They're lovely kids. Okay. uh, Another asshole, Robert, 41, Florida, and Annie, 30, who he's brought here from the Dominican Republic. They go to a park this week. Yo Shorty be popping, takes his woman to a park. And they meet their grandma porn star. And we find out, yes, Robert has five kids with four different women. Four of them don't live with him. One does, Bryson, who he wants to find a stepmom for. He's been very open about talking about that. And Annie is going to be that person, apparently. But before that can happen, Annie needs to have a sit down with Grandma Porn Star. Grandma Porn Star, I'm not going to lie, that revealed that she's a porn star. I had to pause my TV and laugh. I was like, 
oh my god I just didn't expect it it came out of nowhere I this I actually Stephanie the grandma I was enjoying um I I think it's always I think it's I and I'm glad that she was very upfront about her uh work that's great <laughs> I really I'm glad she was upfront about it she's like and she said it very well she was like listen I don't want to shock anybody with this like I don't I just want to kind of get this out on the table I am an adult film star I'm like you know good for you I, do I love the fact that Annie's completely judging her and saying that she's an awful human being? No, that's terrible. And the thing is, like, I actually agree with Annie on her points against Robert, really where she's like feels duped for being in this country because he promised her a bunch of things he's not giving her and then uh, expects yeah. her to feel and expects her to feel grateful because he took her to the goodwill. And I'm like, okay, like, and but but then of course Annie loses me when then she's like, oh, Stephanie, the grandmother is awful because she does porn. I'm like, all right, Annie, back it up, really. You know what, though? I think this is the 90-day fiancé expectation, though. We have people who are coming from different cultures. And when we go, when we see before the 90 days is the American going to a different country. In this case, it's someone coming to America, some area. Of, you know, America's very different place all over the place. But it's interesting to see her reaction because that is her rea- that's her natural reaction. Like, she is not filtered. This is not like a housewife who's trying to say the right things. She's like, it's immoral. I don't like it. This is not something she tells her to her face, like, I, I don't approve of you. I'm like, oh, my God, this is kind of raw. You know, yeah, I think it's yeah, interesting always- to watch someone just say those things. I agree. I honestly, I enjoyed the conversation between them because Annie was fully unfiltered and, and, and saying an opinion I personally don't agree with. <laughs> But you know what? Stephanie was saying her opinion and said, well, I'm not trying to be your friend. Like Stephanie was holding her ground. Stephanie there. Stephanie had no problem saying to her what her job is and the fact that she is doing just fine. She does not need Annie's approval to be doing the job that she does. And I would listen. Would I love to have more of a backstory about what happened between Robert and his ex? I would. Do we know what happened with his ex? Uh, there's multiple exes, and I have no idea. Stark has this published. This particular ex. I'm sorry, Stephanie, and whatever her husband's is daughter, who's the mother of Bryson. Yes, I don't know. I don't know. I wonder if there's some kind of uh, substance problem or something. It seems like it's it's being kept very close to the chest like he claims she just left them in the lurch and i'm like what? i don't know it's i don't know is she sick is she struggling with something like if the grandmother's still involved and the grandfather like you know porno grandma wouldn't just come on tv just to be filmed you know she's probably still in this kid's life she at least was acting like it yeah, and so, the, kid definitely, the kid definitely knew who she was, right? Yeah, I know. Anyway, I thought it was really interesting seeing, like, that culture clash and how Annie was just like, what? I know. Oh, I my know. God. And also, were you floored when Annie revealed that um, she was told by Robert that he had three kids um, with three different women, and suddenly we, we bumped it up to five kids with four different women? This guy is such an asshole. I think Robert and Tanya need to be paired off together and sent to an island. Like, those two would be perfect together. I agree, but guess who's going to face off at the reunion? Tanya, to tell all, Tanya and Robert and Annie. I already know they're going to get into a fight. They will be getting into a fight you're at, right. the, at the tell-all. You know it. And you're tell right. me I'm wrong. No, it's you're right. Happen. It, prediction? You yep. heard it here first. You are completely right. Tanya will actually face off with everyone at the tell-all. I can picture that for sure. Tanya is someone who believes that she has this, like, I think Tanya believes that she's the smartest person in the room. Um, and so, and I think it's very obvious that Tanya thinks that about herself and thinks that she knows everything. And I think that she'll be absolutely going after Annie and Robert because honestly, they're easy targets. Um, 
and I think they'll be a very interesting face-off. I, I, let's put it this way. I would not want to tussle with Annie. Uh, I wouldn't either. She seems fierce. And I really hope she gives Robert a good kind of solid fight throughout the season and then leaves because I, I really don't want her to end up with him. And he Agreed. has come out of the gate hot and as, as a liar, too, from the very beginning. So he just needs to be taken down like several notches. He's just looking for someone, like you said, to be a stepmom, to, you know, have sex with, to buy lingerie for. He doesn't want to buy her a phone. He doesn't want to delete do. the women out of his phone. I mean, he's just an asshole. God, whatever. Tell me I'm wrong. I so you know you watch the season and you kind of get a vibe of what couple is going to be moving on to the next show. So like happily ever after, or if we're going to get another season of Ninety Day with them. I have a feeling Robert and Annie are actually going to be the ones that we're like we're seeing them this season, and that's it. I have a feeling too, unless it is explosive like a Colty and Larissa, mm, and yep. we then follow their demise. Now, here's who I think we will follow for much longer, and it's because they seem like they are so sweet and in love. And they have the side character of Bojangles, Mike and Natalie, Mike from Washington and Natalie from Ukraine and motherfucking Bojangles with his two front teeth missing, who I love, who came with the property is our guest. Yes. My heart is absolutely warmed by this couple. I The I did whole not scene, all the side characters, Bojangles, then her mom, Natalie's mom, everyone oh involved in their story fills me with joy. I'm not going to lie. My, I love Natalie. Natalie might be my number one. Like I love, I love her. I was, I literally wrote it down in my notes. I love this woman. She's absolutely a sweetheart. I love her. Like she seems like a, such a nice woman. She seems so sweet. He seems really sweet. The mom is amazing. Oh my God. When he was calling her, when he came to Ukraine and was calling her mom, like I absolutely, I, I, this is a couple. I think, I think this is a real deal couple. I totally agree that we'll be seeing more of them. Um, I, I also like how 90 day likes to kind of throw in these couples. Do you notice that 90 day throws in couples that are kind of meant to be on other shows? Like this couple seems like they're meant to be on before the 90 days, but they always sprinkle in like that one couple that's like on the random show. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Like Nicole and Azen, whose journey we watched for like 17.5 <laughs> years and he never made it to America, even though they were on regular 90 day fiance multiple times. I'm like, there's no visa. The visa has yeah. never happened. And then literally, as in just like, wasn't even a part of the last season. It was just Nicole and her phone. I agree. <laughs> I forgot about Nicole and as in for a second. Thank I don't God. know how I could because TLC desperately, like, they're always <laughs> pushing out a Nicole and as in story. The same way that they're always pushing us on Angela and Mike Cal. Like, I'm just like, uh, it's, I, we'll talk about her in a sec, but because but, I, I, I will say about Angela, actually, that seeing her in the trailer, I'm not going to lie, I was so like, I was actually really upset. I was like, I don't want to see this woman again. I was like, don't do this again, please. I just had enough of her before the 90 days. Please don't do this to us. I See, I can never get enough. I know a lot of people have turned on her. She's problematic. I mean, so are people in love after lockup. They're hitting each other. They're being assholes. But I can't, I can't turn my back on her. I still want to see her. I don't care. I know I'm going to get a lot of heat for that. But I just, I'm okay with seeing Angela and Michael as much as they want to give her to me, even if she's being completely inappropriate and all we get to do that week is talk about how horrible she is. Like there's something about them that is just compelling television. Now what I, I really hope she stops doing this though. I hope she stops playing it up for TV because she is, she's doing too much of that. I think like the pie in the face, like doing these, (laughs) doing those dramatic things, I think is ratcheting up what we saw of her in the beginning, that she's a hothead. She's completely inappropriate sometimes, yet they ha- they do have kind of a weird connection that can't be explained. They do. 
they and, do. No, there's something there sexually. I don't, I, it it's really so is. weird. Oh my God, him wearing the Trump underwear. I, everything about them to me is just super compelling. And I know I'm a bad person for liking it, but I'm I'm here and I'm going to be watching it. Okay, now no, let's... I get it. I'm a Darcy stan personally, so I could me actually too. see her. I could see Darcy on every season with nobody. I could see her just her and Stace doing their own thing. Like, I'm so, like, I'm very much a Darcy stan and I'm actually, I'm like missing her on the new 90 Day, even though she's no story to tell on the 90 Day Fiance show. Oh, she will be back. She'll be back with a new man on Before the 90 Days. I think they're filming so now. Excited. Yep. Okay, so let's... So so Mike and Natalie, we are rooting for them. They are so sweet. Love. Bojangles is just the cherry on top. I mean, he is he is my man. I want to see him in every single scene when they come back to the U.S. And they better make it back to the U.S. because that man living in that barn needs to be filmed. He needs to be filmed at all times. I hope they make it back. Oh my god, I, I, do I love do them. And I saw that they were fighting next week, and I got sad. I was like, I don't want them to fight. Like, I, <laughs> and I gotta say, her story. I was even interested in her story about the divorce. Like, I was very interested in her entire life. I could watch a lot of Natalie and her mother doing their own thing. Um, yeah. So I'm happy. I'm happy that we have their story. There, I, I gotta. I just said Michael and Gianna were the normal couple. I take it back. I think Mike and 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 Natalie are probably the normal couple. I agree with that. I think they're the people we're supposed to be rooting for, and I'm already rooting for them. Okay. Now we yep. didn't see Emma. Emily and Sasha this week. She just gave birth in that horrific Russian insane asylum last oh week. So God. we won't yeah. even go there. I've already talked about it at length on last week's podcast, but we do need to talk about the new couple that was introduced and then we can be done because we are going to, you have been such a dear to talk to me this long about both of these shows, but I'm so happy for you. Thank you for talking. Yeah. This long about we have, we have to touch on the newbies, Blake 29 from LA and Jasmine uh-huh. 27 from Finland. Holy uh-huh. shit. I, so first of all, I got to say, speaking of when I was talking about uh, Darcy, uh, Jasmine and her sister Jeanette, like, remind me of, like, the foreign, not in their attitude, but just the way they look. There's something about their look to me that reminds me both. Like, don't you? I got Darcy vibes. I didn't get Darcy vibes as much as I got Anfisa vibes. I don't oh, know. Do you know wow, who that I'm is? I'm wrong. Sorry. Honestly, I'm so wrong. I know, who fan, I know who she is. I did not watch the Anfisa season. So honestly, everyone who's, like, judging me right now. Uh, if I saw that season, I'm sure, because I know what Anfisa <laughs> looks like. I'm sure she's Anfisa. Um, I just got Darcy vibes only, I, think, I guess because there were sisters that looked kind of similar and honestly looked a bit plastic, that I was just like, ooh, Darce. I agree with that. Like, Darce and Stace, and we're twins, and we fight with each other, and we talk about my man, and your man, and my man, and your man. Yep. Yeah, I could picture that, too, but their personalities are Anfisa 1 and Anfisa 2. Totally. I mean, these two, oh, my God. So the sister lives near Blake, too. Blake is a dum-dum. He's a big old dum-dum. He thinks that this Jasmine from Finland is in love with him. (laughs) He has completely bleach blonde hair. He's living with his parents. He's bringing her home to his parents. And he says, oh, her sister won the lottery, the immigration lottery in Finland, and she lives right down the street. Isn't that crazy? And the producers are like, don't you think that's kind of a coincidence? And he's like, yeah, it's wild, huh? Like, he doesn't understand these sisters are just trying to get here, and he's part of that. Okay, I gotta, I gotta ask. I, I Maybe I'm an idiot, so please tell me if I am. Was I the only one that, sh- like, totally, like, peed my pants when, like, I heard of what the green card lottery was? What the fuck is that? I was uh, like, what is that? I know. I was what like, is, is this it? Hunger Games? Like, you volunteer as tribute? What's happening? Has that happened on the show before? I don't think I've ever heard of a lottery like this before. I haven't, but you know what? I'm sure there's tons of people listening right now who know about this, and we are just a couple of idiots who have never heard of it. I've heard of... I didn't know that that existed in Finland, number one. I mean, I don't know what goes on, but yeah, his sister allegedly... 
won the lottery and came over to LA and lives like a couple of blocks away from Robert, or I'm sorry, from Blake. Blake is convinced that Jasmine, and so they visited, he's visited her several times. She's the one for him. She was, he wasn't sure if, if this was like a catfish situation or if she really looked like that in person. But when he saw her in person, he was like, these are his words. Damn. Yeah. It's all real. So he, uh... he really loves her. He is super goofy and weird. He is the weirdest energy. I can't put my finger on what it is, but something's very wrong with him. There's, I completely agree. Something is very wrong. I don't know what it is. I, something, I'm very, honestly, his presence makes me incredibly uncomfortable. And those two sisters look like they are like, they look like hostages. They look like they could, they would rather be anywhere else. Like both of them, they both look so uncomfortable. I don't know what he's like. He's he like he makes the whole thing i know they have no chemistry i know that was the whole thing too that's like clearly the gag about those two is that there's absolutely no chemistry between them none at all none um, the, but, the sister doesn't more... even want to speak to him yeah there's i was gonna say there's something more sinister about it to me there is and i picture those two completely murdering him at some point yes like but I making it look like an accident Right, like the energy is weird from him, but I do believe that the energy is very strange from the sisters, and I believe that he's like goofy and naive and is not seeing like what's happening here. I, I I'm curious to know where they're going to be this season and what what's going to happen and how we're going to follow them, because I don't know. Like it looks like their whole storyline is just going to be, hey, they have the chemistry and everybody but Blake sees it kind of thing. You know right. what I mean? It seems to me like it's going to be Blake, Jasmine, and sister Jasmine in some very dark comedy like tarantino comedy i feel like there's gonna be something crazy headed happens he's not gonna understand any of it he's too dumb to figure any of it out but there's a there's a bigger sinister plan happening here i'm very interested to see what goes on very interested to see how his parents react to this oh my god Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. So I, Angela and Michael, we haven't seen yet. Like I said, I'm always here to see more of them. I know I'm the worst, but no, I get it though. Are we juggling? I got to ask, are, are we juggling more couples than usual this year? What's going on? I feel like we're juggling a lot of couples. Maybe I'm wrong. Now I got to tell you as a recapper of this and I'm taking another break. So I, I usually like will recap a full season and then I'll take a break and then I'll, you know, writing recaps. I mean, there are always like a million couples now. It used to be that there would be like four or five. Now there are like eight or ten, it seems like sometimes. And they kind of like just show us um, some variation of that mix every week. So some weeks we don't see couples and some weeks we do. And that's how they do it. That's how they run these seasons for so long, too. That's what I was going to yeah. Because I do remember with even before the 90 day, there were less couples, but they were just some we would not see for a couple, like a week or two. And then I, my other thought was, oh, maybe a couple's like not going to be there the entire season because that's when we have Angela and Michael coming in. But I, probably not. I assume they're just kind of just going to shuffle them in and then just kind of have them be part of the mix. It's a lot. It's a lot of couples struggle. It's a lot. It's eight. It's eight couples this season. And you know what? They will probably shuffle people in and out because there will probably be, be people who just sort of like fall off the map or who something doesn't work out. Or, in Tanya's case, who just peace out and go to Costa Rica for 30 of the 90 days. 
Yeah, I was. I so I do wonder what that's going to be like in the next few weeks on the show. Is are we just going to get footage of Tanya doing God knows what in Costa Rica and Sinjin like sitting alone, like in the like sitting alone in the shed, or do we like get to hopefully just not see them for a while? I'd like to not see them for a while. How about that? Uh, you know, here's what I'd like to see, and I'll say it right here on the podcast. I'd like to see Sinjin bringing home other women to that shed and finding oh. him a new bitch. To get a 90-day visa from. Because Tanya needs to go. She needs to go. Oh, I cannot stand her. I hope that he totally finds a new woman and literally shacks up with her in the shack. What if he develops the relationship with Tanya's mother? I said oh, it. My God. I'm. You know what? We, you know that we have soap opera roots in common because I completely I agree with that storyline being normal. I would love that storyline. If that was like the big twist is that Tanya's mother and Sinjin are in love. I love that idea. <laughs> I want to see Bo Jangles like hook up with someone by the end of the season too, because we cannot forget about him. Hashtag never forget. He's in that barn right now as we speak. You know, he's never leaving that property. Never he forget. needs to have a storyline. Period. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Tell people how they can find you, Brandon, because you're so <laughs> funny. You're lovely. And you go on all kinds of podcasts. And I thank you for coming on this one. Oh, thank you for having me. I, I'm on Twitter at DB Alvarado and then on Instagram at D Brandon Alvarado. I'm also in your Facebook group, so you can chat with me. And honestly, if someone can put on your on your page, please post about if they know about the lottery, because I'm actually genuinely curious. So please, on the Facebook group, please, someone, if you know about it, please post about it, because we, we can discuss on there. Seriously, you guys, please do that. And if you're not in the Facebook group, come over to Pink Shade with Aaron Martin. You just type that whole name into groups on Facebook and send a request. You just have to answer a couple questions and we'll let you write in. It's super fun. This is the only episode I'm going to release this week. So it's a supersized one. Brandon was so lovely to join me and talk about all of this stuff. Mary Payne and I are on a little bit of a break because don't worry, we're not, we're still in a life partnership together. You guys, she <laughs> is gone at a family wedding in the deep south. South. She's going to have plenty of stories to tell. We'll be back next week with our thoughts on the Love After Lockup finale, which we have to postpone our talk about. And of course, 90 Day starting the week after Thanksgiving. I hope you guys have a really good Thanksgiving. You can follow me at Erin Leah Martin on Instagram, Twitter, anywhere. Uh, and oh, I'm sorry. And you can find. <laughs> I'm like, hold on. Let me start over. Let me start over. I just like spaced out. Okay, 108. You can follow me at Erin Leah Martin on Instagram and Twitter, and you can find bonus episodes if you're, you know, sitting around with the family on Thanksgiving. If you need to go out to the garage, smoke you a cigarette, listen to some podcasts, yes. do what you need to do. You can get bonus episodes on Patreon. You go to patreon.com slash heybunky. Mary Payne and I have like just tons of recaps over there. 90 Day the Other Way, The Family Chantel. We're currently covering ah. Welcome to Plathville damn are we into that we're covering unpolished and we'll be releasing a new episode of hey bunky this week even from mary Payne's remote location so again patreon.com slash hey bunky you get bonus recaps every week from us no matter what and you can go to patreon.com slash pink shade for my bonus episodes where i'm covering everything from hallmark movies to murder to books to to, to christmas decor to personal stories, to really hard stuff that happened to me while I was a teacher. You know, all, it's a crazy grab bag over on the Pink Shade Patreon, you guys. But I really appreciate those of you who are supporting me on there. And um, I actually want to give a shout out to one of our newest premium sponsors on the Pink Shade Patreon. I'm going to find you, Dorothy P.H. 
Thank Yay. you. Yeah. And Brandon, thank you for doing this. And I, you know, thank we you. met back on the Jenny McCarthy show and you guys, I'm still on that on Fridays for BFF Friday. And Brandon, I want to hear you back on the Jenny show one day too, because I miss you on there. I, I miss being on there. I would love to do the Jenny show anytime. We can, I, I'll talk housewives with her. I, I, it'd be a dream. That would be awesome. You know what? You and I will talk housewives every other week on Pink Shade. So guys, remember that. Every other week, we're going to cover Jersey, come hell or high water, and it's going to go probably take us right through to the new year. And it's going to, and we're going to be diving into the Jamaica trip, I think, for our next one. Oh my God, I'm in. I'm so in. How lucky are we? I know. I'm Yay. so happy. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Talk to you soon. Have a great holiday. You too.